up world it's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter mike richmond you're listening to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts and also on youtube thanks for making this show your first listen coming at you monday through friday each and every weekday so start your days with it make it part of your daily routine make it your first listen tell your friends to do the same as locked on blazers your team every day. Today's episode, a special delivery mailbag edition of the podcast where listeners sent in questions and I'm going to answer them on the show. If you want to be involved in a future mailbag, the way to do it is to email me, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. I'll give you a little hint. Um, Tuesday nights are typically when I'm going to aim to record these, uh, schedule permitting with the Blazers and news and all of those things. But Tuesday evenings, so if you send me a mailbag question, say Monday or Tuesday afternoon when when you're thinking of it, uh, I will do my best to incorporate it in the show. But you can always send me a question. Just let me know you, it's for a mailbag. And um, the email address, one more time for you, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com is the best place to get in contact with me. So if you want to do that, that's where to do it. Um, let's let's get into it. We got questions. I got answers. We're going to talk scoot. We're going to talk healthy rotation. We're going to talk do-op brief. First one comes from Jonathan E. who asks, Is Rajon Rondo a reasonable comp for Scoot Henderson? Jonathan continues, A great facilitator. Does a bit of everything. Not someone who looks to score or punish anybody with his jumper can be a tough defender and realistically probably tops out as a legitimate number three or four on a contender if surrounded by the right wings. That sounds like an outcome for Scoot that I could appreciate. It's heavily edited emails, several paragraphs edited into one short one. That's a pretty good comp. I don't think that Rondo and Scoot are particularly similar in their styles. Um, because Scoot's downhill style is very different from Rondo's. But um, in terms of the facilitator role and uh, perhaps like the shaky jumper thing, I can see, and and, and good defensive player, I could see where that comp comes in. You know, it's maybe more stylistic um, in terms of like role, like where they fit as opposed to sort of how how they truly play. And I want to say this, Rashawn Rondo would be a very, very positive outcome. For Scoot Henderson. Rajon Rondo's career would be a very positive outcome for any number three overall pick. Four-time All-Star, four-time All-Defense, third-team All-NBA in uh in the 2011-2012 season. He was eighth, he had finished eighth in the MVP uh race that year. He got MVP votes in 2012. Um it's really freaking good. He's, he's uh, led the league in assists on three separate occasions, was a member of the 08 champs, and was a was a surprisingly integral member of the bubble champion Lakers uh, some 12 years later in 2020. Um, he had a great career. Rondo rocked. Um, he was a real tone setter for the... Um, for the for the Celtics, and he was the fourth best player on a championship team in 2008. A team that went back to the finals a couple years later in 2010. Like... Um, let me just get this burnout here real quick. The 21st century Celtics are the greatest dynasty that only won one championship of all time. Um, but they, uh, 
Rondo rocked. Like, he rocked. He was really, really good. I'll always remember the playoff game where he basically played with one arm and was dominant still against LeBron. Like, he was just, he's just, um, he was a fun player, tough as hell, and he did what he did. He, um, he was a great passer and a tough defender, and, 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 and as Jonathan said, a great facilitator, could do a bit of everything, but the jumper wasn't there. In fact, they would call it rondoing, which is when you just straight up don't guard someone until they get with inside about nine feet, because you say, shoot it, shoot it, dog. And Rondo wouldn't often from 17 feet, he wouldn't shoot it. Later in his career, and in, specifically in, in the bubble at Disney, he aced open three-pointers when they when they refused to guard him. Um, He's very strange end to his, end to his career. But um, uh, is it, or is it a, like a comp you could be happy with? Because Jonathan E. says it's like a comp that, it's like, that I, feel, I would feel good about this. You should feel good if Scoot Henderson is a four-time All-Star, makes an All-NBA team, is a four-time All-Defender, All-Defense member, is, is, you know, leads the league in assists three times, and is, is the fourth best player on a title team. They win the title, it doesn't matter what Scoot is. He's on the team and he starts. He can feel pretty good about it. There's a positive outcome for Scoop. A really good one. But it would put the Blazers in an interesting situation. I think I've talked a bunch on the show about team building and sort of my philosophies behind it. And not even my philosophies, just like in general, how how to build a good team is kind of the sort of fascinating part where the Blazers are at, right? Because they don't have that now and they're trying to build in that direction. You don't need Rondos. They don't need Rondos. I mean, eventually when they get really good, everyone could use a Rondo. What they need are stars, building block stars, an A1 star. And if and if Scoot is, is a Rondo, it puts pressure on the other folks, right? Let's say Scoot is. Let's say Scoot ends up being just like, uh, you know, uh, for instance, basketball reference has Rondo as a 60% chance to make the Hall of Fame. Better than a coin flip. Um I, he probably wouldn't be in my Hall of Fame, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the NBA Hall of Fame. He's, he was solid as heck and played for a long time. If Scoot's Rondo, he tops out as the fourth best player on a title team, the third best player on a really good team, right? Because he was that later in his career. The third best player on, on one of the really, you know, really good Celtics teams. Then Amphrey Simons has to be a tier one star if the Blazers in this iteration of the Blazers are going to be a rebuild. Or, or you know, moreover, Shaden Sharp has to be a tier one star. I'm not sure I see Ant developing into that. Amphrey Simons is really freaking good. Really freaking good. But um, the, does but the difference, the, the distance between really good and great in the league is vast. It's, it, it is a wide, wide, wide cavern. And I'm not sure that Amphrey Simons gets to that level. I'm not sure he makes, I'm not sure he gets to the jump where he's like one of the 10 best players in the league. The, the, like, the, the market inefficiency on winning a title is have an MVP candidate. So that's what you need. So, I mean, so it's like, I don't think it's like a slight to Ant to say, I don't see him being one of the five best players in the NBA during his career. It's really good. Being one of the five best players in the NBA is a bar that Damian Lillard, arguably the best Blazer of all time, never, never crossed, right? Never got there. It was He was not one of the five best players in the league at any point in his career, I don't think. It's tough. It's tough. So if it's not Ant, it's Sharp, right? And Shane Sharp has been magnificent. Magnificent over the last five, six games. He's been great. Been great. Um, and he's really starting to put it together and... Um, he just he just looks really good. He looks really good, uh, and he's still. It's like Shane Sharp looks. Shane Sharp scores twenty five points per game, and you feel like he could do more. That's how good he's been. Like he's been excellent, and he's filling up the box score. He's rebounding well. He's 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 getting he's racking up assists as he continues to grow as a playmaker. Like 
if Scoot is Rondo, Shaden Sharp, you you get into this point where Shaden Sharp has to be your tier one MVP level star. So while I think it would be a really good outcome for Scoot, for the Blazers' rebuild, they have to hope it's more. They have to hope it's more. They have to hope it's more. Does he look like it through the first 13 games of his career? No, no, but it's 13 games in for a teenager. So I think this comp is interesting, and it brings up sort of the larger picture. There are about a thousand positive outcomes for players that don't have them end up being stars, top 10 stars in the league. What the Blazers need is they need their Tyrese Halliburton, they need their Shea Gilgis-Alexander, they need that young player who's like, oh, this dude might might could very well be the MVP of the league um, before he hits 26, and then he might take off after, like even wild, wilder after that. Um, Shane Sharp, 20 years old. Um, I try not to overreact to small sample sizes when he struggled for two weeks. I wasn't killing him. I was saying he needs, the Blazers need to ask him to do less. And when he's been really good for this two-week stretch, it is what it is. He's been freaking great for this two-week stretch, and you want him to continue to build. But if Scoot is Rondo, boy, does it put pressure on everyone else to be Paul Pearson KG. Okay, next question is about the fully healthy roster. When everybody's back, what does it look like? That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you about building a championship roster with the help from my man, Joshi. Our partners at eBay Motors teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best picks, the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're preparing for your daily draft or you're scouring the waiver wire like I am, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us for this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. It's got a couple on here, but the one I want to highlight is Dante Exum. Blazers saw it up close and personal last Friday when Dante Exum had 23-6-7 on 9-15 of 15 shooting. I said on the podcast, on, on my, if you listen to Monday's show, that I think it was the best game I've ever seen Dante Exum play. He's just been great. If there was, um, if there was a a comeback player of the year award the NBA got rid of that and made it the uh, most improved player but if there was a comeback player be Dante Exum who was a top five pick who didn't pan out was out of the league in Europe refound his game as a very good player in another high you know and maybe the second best league in the world and come back and like yeah I can ball and with the Mavericks with a bunch of injuries he's balling and that's why Joshy my man Josh Lloyd thinks that with the Mavs as 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 serious and uh, their injury problems are, they're going to have to play Dante Exum a bunch, and he's earning you know big minutes now, and the type of thing that's going to stick around when he's when everybody's healthy because he's just been that good. Exum looks like a solid ad, is what Josh Lloyd says. So why not why not take take the leap if he's available in your league? Josh Lloyd from Locked Up Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy league. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Whether you need brake kits or LED headlights or a roof rack or bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, baby, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
All right, let's keep it rolling on the special delivery mailbag. If you want to get involved in the mailbag, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is the place to do so. Just like this next listener did, Amelia sends the question, sends the comment followed by question. Again, heavily edited. It's a little bit longer of an email, but I edited it down to a sentence and a half. I think, if healthy, this team could be actually good considering how they've played with so many injuries. But that said, what does the rotation look like when everyone, except for Robert Williams, is healthy? I think this, I think the 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 first part of the first part of it is pretty simple. Anthony Simons is your starting point guard. He's earned it. He's clearly the he's clearly the best point guard on the roster. Shaden Sharps is starting two guard. It would be an actual crime to move him out of the starting lineup. Um I don't think they'll even consider it. Ant and Shea are starting backcourt. Tumani starts at the three. Jeremy Grant starts at the four. And DeAndre Ayton would be your starting center. I think that's pretty easy. Um, that that's that seems like an easy guess. And I think the next three are easy guesses too. Malcolm Brogdon's going to play. Scoot Henderson's going to play. Matisse Thibel's going to play. That's eight. The thing is, Chauncey Billups has never been a 10-player 10, 10 rotation person. During his three years as a head coach, he has very rarely played 10. Uh, usually what I would call 9-plus, where you play 10 in the first half, but you only play 9 in the second half. Uh, and and often 9, and in the last game, he played 8. Like, he, he is a short-rotation type of coach. I like that. I hate coaches that play 11. 11 is just wild. It's just like, oh, I'll, what if this works? Um, it's not the mark of... of um, <laughs> of someone who's got a great plan it's the mark of of grasping at straws I, nine is probably the right number to play for a good team uh you can get away with 10 in the league like 10 is not a problem you do get into some times if you play 10 some all bench lineups and i guess with the blazers it's okay because malcolm brogdon is like starter quality so an all bench lineup that featured malcolm brogdon actually wouldn't be as bad but there are some rotations there where you just like okay we this grouping could use a little bit of help um so i i I think nine is the right number and if it's nine the question is who's the ninth guy is it Duop Reith or is it Jabari Walker? I think most nights it would be it would be Wop. It'd be Duop uh, because Wop is bigger, uh, just width and length. Like he's he's got long arms, he's taller, um, and he's just thicker. Like he's center sized, where Jabari Walker is like modern power forward size. There aren't many girthy power forwards left in the NBA, so he's just power forward sized. Um, and but he's like when Jabari plays the five, the thing that he does well, you know, re, you know, chase offensive rebounds and become a good defensive rebounder gets warped because he's playing against guys that are way bigger than him. Um, it's just like, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I guess the fact that that person's five inches taller than you is a problem on the glass a little bit. Um, so I think though, mostly the ninth guy would be Duop Reith, which means Jabari Walker just wouldn't play often. That kind of stinks. It wouldn't be like this huge, huge deal if Jabari Walker didn't play every single night, but he's been good enough to earn and deserve minutes. So it would be kind of, it would be a, like a notable development. And I think this is like kind of gets to where um, my brain is with this. The minutes allocation when they do have a full complement, Sands Rob Williams, will be very curious to kind of what they're after. Malcolm Brogdon is several standard deviations better than Scoot Henderson at, at playing NBA basketball. He's a very positive contributor. Um, like, and Scoot has mostly been a very negative one. 
But I think, and I will whine about it right here on this very podcast. I'll straight up, you, you'll hear me whine if, if, if you listen, if, if, if Malcolm Brogdon plays more than Scoot when they're fully healthy. Because this isn't about winning. Winning would be nice, but what they want to do is figure out what they got. And limiting Scoot to like 18 minutes or 20 minutes off the bench, it's just like... What's the point of the what's the point of this season? Um, and quite frankly, it's if there if there is a world in which, you know, Jabari Walker is getting squeezed for Duop Reith, I think that's fine, but it's not ideal for the future because Duop Reith is like a 27-year-old backup center who I love, and I'm gonna talk about him a bunch in the close of the show. But like is Jabari Walker someone who is part of the plan? Well, let's get him out there and see if he can be part of the plan. Get him, let him shoot the ball and miss some shots, right? Like, and have him play and figure it out. He's he's a he's a competitive defender. He's an improving playmaker with his decisions. Um, he has like a sort of a semi slow motion drive to the rim that's been really effective this year. Like he like let let my man go, and I, I want him to play. But if you but t- typically Chauncey Billups has played Jeremy Grant a ton of minutes ton of minutes 37 plus i don't think magically you're gonna like there's this idea um that like you can just have this sort of egalitarian thing where it's like well you see it's very simple friends uh shane sharp plays exactly 33 minutes and every simons plays exactly 33 minutes and scoot anderson plays exactly 33 minutes and and there i've i've solved it but that's just not how it works Every time he's going to play more than that. And Jeremy Grant's not going to get cut down to be a 30-minute-a-night guy. He's just not. He's not. He's going to play 35 at least at the minimum. And that means that there's the back end of the rotation gets pinched a little bit. And it means that Jabari Walker will, will play less. And Tumani Kamara will play less. It's just a fact. Um, the, 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 that, that, that is the direction they will have. That, 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 that will just be a thing that has to happen when they're fully healthy because that is the way the coach plays it. And it's sort of the pecking order of veterans. Here's a good one for you, though. John Schumann of NBA.com and his power rankings, which he puts so much work into. Shu does such a freaking good job. I think power rankings are pretty boring for the most part, but I always read Schumann's every week because he just he just packs them full of stuff. In the Blazers section, he had this note. Amphrey Simons, Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Grant, and DeAndre Ayton have played 3.1 total minutes together through the team's first 21 games. Well... They played their 22nd since he since publish time. 3.1 minutes through those games. <laughs> that is, that's not many. And I don't think that they're going to play a ton. That grouping is going to play a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of minutes together when everybody's healthy, but they're going to play and they're going to play three guard lineups where Scoot or where, where Brogdon and Ant and one of the other guards is out there are out there together. They're just going to have to. And the guard lineups are going to mean that there's less forward minutes for 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 two, and there's less forward minutes for Tease, and less forward minutes for JG. Who plays? I I I have a really I'm pretty confident in who plays. How much they play will be fascinating. I don't know when everyone's going to be healthy though. Um, conceivably, you know, Da and 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 Malcolm Brogdon are day to day, and they could play um, on Thursday against the Jazz. Uh, Jeremy Grant is total unknown because of because of head trauma is just an unknowable thing for us, and they're not going to release little like checkpoints. So maybe Billups will give us an update on on Thursday before the game or uh, on pr- at practice tomorrow. But like, um, we don't know. So when will it be more than three point one? And when they when everyone's out there, who who's you know, uh, how many minutes do we get with all of the young veterans on the court? And if we do get minutes with all the young veterans on the court, which young player gets squeezed? It'd be interesting. 
Uh, it'll be definitely something who plays and when is one of the things I find most interesting about NBA basketball. So, um, and, and about the coach's decision-making is like who's on the court and when they're on the court. So, uh, obviously I will track it here. I promise ya. If you want to go see this team in person, you want to go see who plays and when, well, don't worry about rushing out to get tickets. Don't worry about the hassle because we got the game time app. They make it easy for last minute tickets. This is the number one spot for last minute tickets. Uh, I like the game time app because it's just quick. It's super, super quick. Say I want to go to Blazer game. I'm to be honest, I got, I'm not going to buy tickets to a Blazer game. I got press seats. But say you want to buy tickets to a Blazer game or someone I love does. Well, I'm going to tell them, check this out. Game time app. Pull up pull up the phone. Search Trailblazers real quick in the app. Moda Center comes up. You see the prices you want to pay. I'm, I'm, I want to sit downstairs. Ooh, they got a flash deal. They got flash deals. That's, that's, that's a great deal. So you can sit down on the 200 level for, for 68 bucks. Ooh, boy. Well, guess what? That's how much it costs because there has no hidden fees. What you see is what you get pricing. And in a couple clicks, maybe four total, you got those tickets emailed to you. You got tickets to the game that you can get like an hour before tip off. They even have deals after the game has started if you're really a true procrastinator. So download the Game Time app. If you're if you're a true procrastinator, take the guesswork out of buying tickets, especially last minute tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked on MBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account. Use the redemption code Locked on MBA. That's L O C K E D O N N B A for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets lower prices guaranteed still a pass first point guard i'm still mike richmond you're still listening to locked on blazers this last question of the show comes from listener aaron who asks i'm planning on buying my oldest a custom duop wreath jersey this weekend is that the best idea or the greatest idea it's a great idea. It's really, it's fun. Uh, a, 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 a jersey of a relatively obscure athlete is one of my my true pleasures in the world. Um, one time I was at a Blazer game and there was three gentlemen up, or, or excuse me, at a Pittsburgh Steelers game and there was three gentlemen upstairs in the top of the of the uh, stadium where I was sitting and they were all wearing Moeldy Moore jerseys. I'll never forget that trio. Shout out to those Moeldy Moore fans. I gotta guess they were related to Moeldy Moore, but like, um, an obscure jersey is really is a really spe- it has a, there's a special place in my heart for someone wearing an obscure jersey and a duop wreath Blazers jersey is truly a special one. I really regret I don't really buy a lot of Blazer gear this at this point in my life, but I regret not owning one of those Carmelo Anthony Brown. Oregon jerseys. Um, I, if I could do it again, I would. Bu- I would have bought the expensive one. I would have bought like the one hundred and fifty dollar authentic mellow brown ugly jersey because it's just like it's a thing that does. It's just a. It's a moment in time. And a do Upreath jersey is probably going to be a moment in time unless he has one heck of a long career. Because let me tell you, do Upreath has been awesome. I really liked Duopreath in Summer League. It's like, yeah, this dude can hoop. But I didn't think he would be on the roster. I think I said as much on the show, certainly told some some friends and, and, and said it in, in various emails to listeners, uh, like because I didn't think the Blazers would offer him a full-time spot. And I knew he's probably had better opportunities than just a straight G League job. Um, I didn't consider him as a two-way player because I'm a doofus. Uh, but I've figured it out now. I've figured it out. Uh, but like he's, he's on this two-way spots, but the clock is a ticking. 
Uh, Dua Preeth has been active for 14 games. You only, if you're on a two-way spot, you only get 50 active games. The just played 22. You know, he didn't play the first eight, but um, he, he's going to be active every night because they need him. He's jumped ahead of Moses Brown very clearly in the rotation because he's way freaking better than him. And in fact, the advanced numbers suggest that Dua Preeth isn't just good. He's like the most positively impactful blazer on the roster. To wit, according to cleaningtheglass.com, he has a the highest on-off differential of any player on the team. The Blazers are plus 22.1 points better when Duop Reith is on the floor versus per 100 possessions, but 22.1 when he's on the floor versus when he sits. They're way better on offense. They're way better on defense. And when he's on the court and they are worse, a huge drop, 22 points per 100 possessions when he sits. He is the only player, according to NBA.com, with a positive net rating. That's uh, the points, uh, the difference in points allowed per 100 possessions versus points scored per 100 possessions. It's not a great individual statistic. Um, it's a team stat, but I think it is telling that there is only one player on the team with a positive net rating, Duop Reith, at 11.6, plus 11.6, uh, outscoring the p- opponents by 11.6 points per 100 possessions when Duop Reith is on the court. The next best net rating on the team is is Malcolm Brogdon minus 0.3, minus 0.3. So basically neutral when in Brogdon's minutes, good in uh, legitimately good, outscoring opponents by double digits in in Duop Reith's uh, minutes if you were to if we normalize it for an entire game, and everyone else gets gets gives up buckets, is a negative on the team. Um, his his on-off differential for clean the glass plus twenty-two point one. The next best on the team, Malcolm Brogdon's plus eleven point seven, twice as good as the second best blazer in terms of on-off differential. Nobody is more positively impactful. Nobody is more positively impactful than Duop Reith. And he plays every night. Played sixteen games. Like he's, he's, he's you know, you know, fifteen the way clean the glass counts because he had a garbage time game. It's like he's just freaking good. I think, you know, WAP's interesting. I, you know, I think that the solution here is that one of Ish Wainwright or or Moses Brown will get waived in January, and they'll convert Duapreith to a uh, to a full time contract because he's just he's he's part of the plan, right? He's just he's too good to not play. He's an NBA player. What a find by the Blazers by the Blazers front office. He's an NBA player, um, and like he's been a really good one. But the, the like fully actualized version of WAP is like exactly what Scoot Henderson needs, exactly what he needs, exactly what he needs. First of all, Duop resets real screens, real physical screens. He makes contact, hard contact on screens. He's he's a big body and he uses it to set real screens. He can roll to the rim. Um, he's a pick and pop player. He shoots a lot. He shoots a lot. He gets them up. He doesn't get, doesn't get cheated on shots, but he's also a, like can run dribble handoffs and has shown to be a better passer. I think he's dialed back his willingness to shoot every single time he gets the ball. Um, he had four assists in the last game and he had some, some good plays outside of the assists, like a big man who could be a hub, who you could throw to in the high post, run dribble handoffs, who could, who could be a threat to shoot. So defenses have to come out who sets real contact on screens and runs the floor hard. Do up, you watch him on fast breaks, his rim run, like just straight, paint to paint run to the rim he's the best on the team at just a straight run to the run to the front of the rim big man sprint he's 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 solid he's just a solid basketball player and if 
you have a point guard like Scoot, who's not much of a shooter and teams go under on, what better type of player to to play with than a pick and pop pick and pop big who's going to open up space because he's going to back up and they're going to have to make a decision of do they they go help on the shooter or do they help on the drive a guy who can who can run handoffs and make plays and has a, a more passing ability and a guy who really was going to get you open with a big screen i'm not sure do brief is like a starting level. I don't think he's a starting level center in the league. And I don't even like, I don't even think he's better than Deandre. Ayton. I don't, I'm not trying to say that positively impactful is the, is the sensitive term that I'm using, but like the idea of Reef, a big man who can pass and shoot and is physical is exactly what Scoot needs to unlock him. So get what, get a WAP jersey, Aaron, get a WAP jersey, get, get your oldest, a WAP jersey, get your youngest, a WAP jersey, get your partner, a WAP jersey, get your granny, a WAP jersey, get your neighbor, your your mail carrier, your orthodontist, get them all, get them all do-op wreath jerseys, all of them. It's going to cost you like, I just listed out about a thousand dollars worth of jerseys because you're going to have to get them custom because they don't sell them in the store. Uh, but like, get them, budget the money, put, put them on layaway, open up a third credit card account, get in deeply into debt because everyone you know should be wet, repping my man WAP. He's fun. He's fun. I, I, I've enjoyed him. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's going to struggle now. He's going to have a terrible game because I've been singing his praises. But um, the most positively impactful player on the roster somehow. Do up wreath, baby. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. If you want to get involved in a future mailbag episode, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is the place to do it. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Got another episode for you tomorrow. You're listening to Wednesday, December 13th episode. On Thursday, we'll look ahead to the jazz game and play the latest edition of You'd Love to See It, where we talk about things you'd love to see for the, when the Blazers play the jazz. This is a big, this is a big, big game coming up. A chance for them to, to get a real win. Uh, we will talk about that. Friday show will recap the jazz game. What's what we do five days a week wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.